Good morning and welcome everyone to Live Dharma Sunday for January 22nd, 2017. Koyo Kobose here. So very glad you joined us. Well, to start off today, I just want to mention um, the Women's March that took place yesterday all over the world, in fact. Um, it was for women's rights, but actually, as has sometimes been commented on, that this is really human rights, and it's about inclusivity. Adrian went to a local uh, in San Jose, California, a lot of cities um, in California and across the country held their own Women's March to support the the one big march in Washington, D.C. You know, in Buddhism, as a social institution, as a movement, as a religion, um, relatively speaking, has has been pretty liberal with regard to social issues and so forth. And, of course, women's rights in particular is a more contemporary topic. Uh, You you take a look at the history of gender discrimination and so forth. Sometimes when I go speak to um, interfaith groups, and quite often a question might be uh, asked about uh, were women discriminated against in terms of uh, uh, becoming clergy and things like this. Now, I'm not a historian about Buddhist history, but I think, relatively speaking, um, the Buddha was not very, you know, was was uh, liberal on that. Having said that, um, I got an email from a Dharma friend who he's, uh, I guess, subscribes to one of the email um, services that. Um, can't remember the name of it, but it's a, a Buddhist group or organization, and they monitor news around the world um, to give objective coverage. And this is, you know, sometimes they. So I receive these from this Dharma friend. Things like um, what the what the Buddhist order in uh, Cambodia. Um, the bad behavior of monks that have power. Um, but the latest one that I got this morning was about uh, gender discrimination in the Theravada tradition. The more orthodox uh, Southeast Asian monks, uh, for example, in Thailand, who uh, their royal mon- monarchy. Um, uh, the king passed away. He was he was very loved and revered, and so a lot of the um, Thai government set up a way in which the, a lot of people could pay their respects, and for the religious orders, some um, nuns from Sri Lanka and so forth 
made arrangements to with the civil uh, organizations that were organizing this to have, make an appointment or a reservation so that as a group they could pay their respects. And But when they got there, they had to go through uh, the, um, the monks' organization and they were denied. Um, they said, no, you know, they have a tradition where women cannot be ordained as monks in the same sense that the males can. They could become nuns and so forth. Okay. Um, but they said, no, you know, they were told, no, you have to go and go in with the, with the lay group. And we're offended that you are wearing traditional saffron-colored robes. You got to take those off. That's only for the monks, and so so on and so forth. And there was a nice dialogue with some of the uh, leaders of the nun group and of different, and that this happened to other uh, uh, nuns, nun organizations that wanted to pay their respects and so forth. So there is that, and I think in any. Domestic, some organizations here in the United States, they have examples perhaps of some kind of gender discrimination, but can be shown on the on the altar or you know different things, so it is a relative matter um, and a, a last point I wanted to raise on this was that. This this might be an example of um, black is white. This was the title of an article by my father. Black is white had to do with um, value judgments, uh, you know, social mores and ethics, ethical behavior, and so forth. Black is white, and in that article, as I recall, it says. Uh, he raises the question, what do you mean black is white? Black is black and white is white, isn't it? Okay. And if black represents, now this might be an example of color bias. Okay. Black is something bad and white is something good, you know, pure. Aside from that, if the color black represents dark times and things like this, and white is absence of that. Well, what we consider um, immoral, illegal, ethically wrong, that is black. Well, if we look at history, we could see that a lot of these so-called value judgments changed over time. It depends given all the surrounding background conditions and everything and what was once reviled and bad was no longer seen that way whether we're talking about the historical history of let's say uh, homosexuality or you know and women's rights when they 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 couldn't vote even so we might see this in terms of the all these discriminative things and the recent 
Women's March could be interpreted this way too, where what some people would consider the presidential election, oh, our time is going to come. Well, in the long run, maybe one of the blessings in disguise was it really made us focus on reaffirming our values about inclusivity, diversity, and all that area, LBGT, uh, people with disability, all these marginal, so-called marginalized groups and so forth, you know. And it was the the spur that went to made it go to the next level in terms of our examining and and making society and nowadays with it's amazing the the small world we live in with communication modern technology it's global you know and uh, that's that's uh, tremendous well I wanted to mention that today's guest I want to introduce to give us a Dharma glimpse is William Toyo um from Lay Ministry 6 Group. He lives in Southern California, and um, he's the current new president for 2017 for Trailblazers, which is the resource group and support group of Brighton Lay Ministers. So, without further ado, I call on William Toyo. Good morning, everyone. I'm looking out the window, and uh, it's just coming down uh rain uh, uh I don't know what the expression is dogs and cats or something like that I think I heard years ago um which is very rare in Santa Barbara's central coast we've had three storms one with just one day separating each storm the past week and it has dumped over 10 inches of rain uh on us which is very welcomed because um, even though uh, in the past months some of the areas in California have gone off uh, the drought number two list, uh, the way you rank it, I guess. And but Santa Barbara has remained uh, in, in a drought uh, classification, so it's very welcomed, and um, it's. Uh, not so welcome when I have to take the dogs out, uh, but uh, otherwise, it's pretty nice. Um, I guess the downside of it also is that because uh, you've had a drought so long, is that um, erosion and all, so you have to deal with flash flooding, and which we had a couple of days ago, and mudslides. So you uh, have to take the good with the bad and the bad with the good. But... Um, you know, I want to welcome 2017, um, even with all the controversy and all. But uh, it seems that this time of year we like to make resolutions, and I'm not really that keen on New Year's resolutions. Uh, I think this uh, new year of 2017, um, I do realize that I need to kind of find a way to let go of the terrible and horrible no good, very bad habits that dictate my day, and like a lot of us, I'm sure. 
and not let distractions get in my way. And there's a lot of distractions today that uh, we have to deal with, um, both personally and politically. So uh, I need to start paying attention to each moment and to cultivate and to continue cultivating that heart of compassion, even more so. There's no uh, joke that you get more compassionate the same way you get to Carnegie Hall practice. I always thought that was a great quote. But after reflecting on this, another event that's on the horizon came to my attention. I think this will maybe have as much of an impact on 2017 as any resolutions that I had planned. This month, the United States Postal Service released its Lunar New Year Year of the Rooster stamp. It features a red envelope featuring a colorful illustration of a proud crowing rooster perched on a blossoming dogwood branch. I love these stamps when they come out each year. They're very well done, very beautiful. Great artwork. But uh, also, there's Chinese characters on this stamp that convey a, a celebratory greeting and a wish for prosperity and fortune in the new uh, Lunar New Year, which starts on January 28th. These uh, vibrant red, uh, I guess the vibrant red color that's in the background is actually the envelope, um, symbolizes uh, extreme luck and happiness. So I started thinking about this. And then I suddenly realized that I was born in the year of the rooster. And uh, as I kind of looked more into this, I've even forgotten that I was a year of the rooster. Uh, you know, it only comes around every 12 years, your astrological sign. It changes each year. But uh, as I learned more about the astrological traits of the rooster, the more hope I have for the future. Most of us are looking into this new year with uncertainty. Roosters are hardworking. They're observant. They're confident. They're courageous. They're resourceful, frank, honest. And these are traits most all of us would be happy to have, or at least strive for. I really like everything this stamp uh, talks about and the positive, hopeful message that it represents. But even after digging deeper into the subject, I found that people born in the year of the rooster are deep thinkers, capable, talented. They like to be busy. They're devoted beyond their capabilities and are deeply disappointed if they fail. And not all roosters are equal. There's five different types, each with different characteristics. This is the year of the fire rooster. Last year, it fell, I think, in 1957. The other types are wood roosters, which I was born under, earth roosters, gold roosters, and water roosters. I remember when growing up, I spent a lot of time with my grandmother, and she raised roosters. And there was always one in the backyard that would chase me around every time she would send me out to collect eggs from the hen house. It's one of my duties for staying there. It's also interesting that my father was born in the year of the rooster, and I did not know that until I just kind of started searching around and Googling it, and what dates fell into, what years fell into that year. Anyone that follows me on Facebook and social media knows that my affection and interest in the moon and the stars uh, goes on and on and on. 
I will always usually post a notice for an upcoming full moon or rare blue moon or super moon <clears throat> or lunar eclipse that's uh, coming up. To Buddhists, there's a special religious significance, especially on full moon, because important, excuse me, important events of the Buddha took place on a full moon. The Buddha was born on a full moon. His renunciation took place on a full moon. His enlightenment, the delivery of his first sermon, the passing away in the Havana, and many other important events all occurred on full moon days. Both the moon and along with the stars and with my practice guide me along my spiritual path. I believe that the moon, like other planets, exerts a considerable degree of influence on human beings. In the 50s, as a young boy, I would visit a relative with my grandmother that was institutionalized as a mental patient. And my grandmother mentioned several times that during full moon days that they would have to, uh, that she would become very emotional and they would have to uh, restrain her to keep her from harming herself. In fact, the word lunatic is derived from the word lunar or moon. And that indicates very clearly the influence of the moon on human life. When we consider all the occurrences, we can understand why our ancestors and our religious teachers had advised us to change our daily routine and to relax physically and mentally on full moon and new moon days. The practice of religion is the most important appropriate method for you to experience mental peace and physical relaxation. Buddhists are merely observing the wisdom of the past when they devote more time to activities of a spiritual nature on new moon and full moon. In most Buddhist traditions, the new year starts on the first full moon of the day. Within the Chinese zodiac, the year of the rooster officially starts the first day of the new lunar year, which follows the phases of the moon. In 2017, Lunar New Year is Saturday, January 28th. So therefore, my being a rooster this year of 2017, with the beginning of a new administration, with new residents in the White House, I will be protecting the hen house. I will resist everything and anyone that threatens our well-being, our freedom, religion of speech, and equality. I will be crowing 24-7 and joining the majority to make sure we are heard each and every moment on Capitol Hill, the White House, and Trump Tower. As uh, before, when Reverend uh, Koyo mentioned uh, really the historical event, the Women's March, um, there's a couple of quotes that came out of that. I heard uh, people speaking uh, at the rallies, and one was by, by Van Jones. And he says, when it gets harder to love, let's love harder. And I also heard someone referred that the whole organization of this march was like, it's like the women of the world were sitting on a powder keg and Donald Trump lit the match. There are 673 sister marches all over the globe. Attendance is now estimated at over 200 uh, or two and a half million participants marching. Santa Barbara had over 4,000 
three times more than they thought would show up. And I think that happened in almost in every occasion all over at each march. The attendance was way more than expected. Um, my wife, Marcia, attended the march yesterday, took some videos, and uh, was very moved by the energy and the message that was given. So it all boils down to we need to make resistance a lifestyle. We need to speak out each and every day. We need to contact our congressmen and congresswomen every chance we get at every issue that comes up. There's also um, um, something else I'd like to point out that kind of has come over the course that sometimes we really don't uh, understand is happening. And there's been some very good things that happened this year. And one is that we've had several senators and, and House representatives elected that I think are uh, in the right direction and are going to make a big change in uh, what happens in the future. One was Catherine Cortez Masto. She's a Democrat who won the Nevada Senate contest to become the first Latina senator. $90 million were spent to try to defeat her. Florida elected Stephanie Murphy to Congress, making her the first Vietnamese-American woman in history to go to the legislature. Ilhan Omar, a Somalian refugee, became the first Somali-American Muslim female legislature in the Minnesota House. So even though we head into a new full year of uncertainty, the future for women in politics is still bright. And I will always bring this into the spotlight. I encourage you to Google and read the incredible story of each of these courageous and brave women. So then I would like to uh, kind of popped up is that I was reminded uh, within Bright Dawn Universal Teachings for everyday life, that Reverend Gomez Cabose lived each day as a new day. His way of living was always fresh and full of joy. He did not hold grudges or stay attached to negative past events. With humility and gratitude, he shone like the sun on people and things unconditionally. Every day is a new day. May we all keep this in mind as we enter this new year. I wish everyone a great new year and a year of the rooster, and I encourage everyone to keep a mindful perspective on upcoming events of the new year. In the words of Reverend Koyo, keep going. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yeah, you know, as I listen to the Dharma Glimpse, my own personal associations that were triggered off. Um, uh, I just recently received the uh, end of the year or new year uh, card from an old friend in Chicago. And our, uh, Adrian and I, and, our, and also for Bright Dawn, we have a, a yearly a holiday card, our own particular custom or tradition where we um, 
and I, my, this might be kind of relevant to Buddhists, you know, as well. Um, do you exchange Christmas presents? Do you, do you send Christmas cards? Do you say Merry Christmas? As a Buddhist, should we be, we be more aware? Okay. And things like this. Um, and since religion and, and its rituals and so forth is organic and tied to people and you know it changes and influenced by the culture and so forth so a lot of Buddhists in America they might have uh, with might have Bodhi trees on December day you know in their tradition instead of having a Christmas tree okay and exchange, give gifts to their, you know, teach their children about the fact that uh, in public schools, some religious holidays, particularly the Jewish holidays, uh, have um, legitimate status, and the Jewish kids get off. And so, maybe Buddhists, we might say, oh, <laughs> Buddhists would be able to also have 40 day off or have a Buddha's birthday celebration off or things like this. Um, but anyway, you know, and it's interesting how our markers of time is relative and how the lunar calendar uh, as opposed to Gregorian calendar and things like this, full moon and all of this is is so interesting, um, but I like as I, my associations are going off track. We don't uh, send end of the year cards. We haven't done this for many years now, but we instead we send New Year cards, and um, we do follow the Chinese zodiac animal calendar. Um, and always are conscious of what year it is in terms of the animals. Uh, Twelve animals, and there's a story of behind them of why these particular animals were chosen and what order. They, you know, <laughs> of course, this is in the Buddhist literature, uh, myths. They all go, they all went to visit the Buddha. Okay. And in what order did they come? And there was a ox, and there was a, a a rat. And the rat, one of the qualities is they're very they're very clever and smart. And so the rat jumped up on the back of the the ox, and the ox was first in line. And but when they got to the Buddha, then the, <laughs> the rat jumped off, and he's first. So all kind of stories like this. Um, Adrian and I are both snakes, and uh, now a lot of people don't like snakes, but um, there's dragon, there's tigers, uh, and uh, anyway, when we were in uh, in Chicago. Uh, every New Year's, we had a service at the for Heartland Sangha, uh, and uh, held in at the Lake Street Church in Evanston. And I started a my own sort of a 
New Year custom where there was a nice hobby shop in Evanston called Tom Thumb. And they had a lot of uh, bracelet charms. You know, there, there's a little niche there where people take bracelets. But they had a lot of charms. And uh, they had a lot of uh, creative animal charms, too. So I would go, and, you know, they were fairly uh, inexpensive, maybe a dollar each. And our, our gatherings were maybe a dozen people or or so. So I would buy maybe a dozen or so of animal charms for that particular year. And I would gift them when people came up to do a... a, a pay their respects. You know, it would, these these services were very creative. They had a chairman for each one, and they could they could uh, creatively, and in terms, especially in terms of the offerings, we had all kinds of offerings, not just traditional incense offering. But anyway, we had a table in the front, and and I would put these charms there, and and I'd talk about it, and people could could have one. And for the snake one, I noticed that there was a charm that was hinged in the body of the snake. Because, you know, snakes are very flexible, how they move. Well, mental flexibility is part of wisdom. (laughs) I I would get these themes related to animals, and then we'd also, I'd make a little kind of like a, a poem or something for our New Year cards that had to, that came from us and from Brighton and tried to give some teaching uh, taking off from particular animal themes. So we would do this. Now, some friends in Chicago, there was one lady who I was close to and she's very active there and um, uh, years ago, when we were still there, uh, she was remembering uh, shared memories. And this year, just recently, she sent. She mentioned that uh, she had a lot of memories of our times together and so forth. And she, in particular, she mentioned one memory she had about when difficult times are difficult. And uh, she communicated this to me. She said, well, you said, you know, that, you know, you got to be strong. And she said, uh, um, it's too hard to be strong. <laughs> this is too rough. I can't, I can't do it. Okay. And I don't need, I don't even know if I want to do it. <laughs> you know? And, and then she said, and my reply was, Oh, in that case, what you have to do is get stronger. Um, Well, I sort of remember that. And so when I wrote back to her in our card, I I mentioned, uh, you know, that's a nice strong, stronger, strong slash stronger uh, story. That's a nice teaching. I have to remember it for myself, too. You know. So I was reminded of that when in the Dharma Glimpse said, well, 
when it gets hard to love, let's love harder. Uh, um, in other words, <laughs> we gotta keep going, <laughs> and uh, that that's my mantra. And uh, uh, it's such a broad one that it could be personalized for any particular sub theme that you might want to want to apply it to. So uh, you might we might have to do that in certain ways. 2017. That's all for today's broadcast. Till next time, yes, indeed, keep going. And you have a wonderful day. Thank you.